Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Snow is falling here in Syracuse, New York. A lot like the Islanders falling down the Eastern Conference standings. James Nichols, John Zeller here with you for a game day edition of NHP. We don't normally do this. We try to avoid it. But somebody's schedule makes it so that we had to do this tonight. Um, so we're, you know, we've got to cut them some slack. Uh, we'll get through this as quickly and easily as we can, um, even considering the current state of the Islanders. And I think first and foremost, and I thought of this before, because oftentimes I think of a title before the show. Maybe I should do that after, but sometimes I do it before because it helps us start the show in, in some respects. So what I was thinking about and the title that I chose was, is the Islanders fall from grace inevitable? Was this bound to happen? Are the people that saw it coming in a better position? Or, uh, were they right the whole time? Or I don't know what I'm trying to say. I'll pass it over to you to try to piece some of that together for an answer. It's it's a really hard question. Like hindsight's twenty twenty, right? So you could sit here and be like, "We told you, like last year was the start of the downfall," but that that's very easy to say because of the results, right? Like th- there's definitely an argument to be made too that last year's season got derailed because of the plethora of obstacles, the plethora of injuries, and like all you know, it, it was just too much to catch up from at a certain point. Um, but did it show the the holes and the lack of actual depth well, beyond, not even beyond the NHL roster, but the players that were able to to kind of play through were th- were they just depth for depth's sake, and they weren't depth for like actual scoring, right? Like aside from Parise, right? Right. No one no one's really like we didn't just get twenty goals from Sezikis. You know, with bad teams typically we'll say, Well, someone's got a score. Right. That just didn't this just didn't happen. Like that's just not happening yeah. with the Islanders now. And that's where I, I'm I'm drawing the parallel. That's what I'm seeing. Like, yeah, hindsight's twenty twenty, but now it's a little more clear. Now that makes a little more sense sure. year over year. Yeah. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. So, and you know, the thing is it's, it's so hard to quantify last season and this season as the same thing, right? It's, it's not really because right. The Islanders have a different, a different coach behind the bench. So this, let's just say Barry Trotz was still behind the bench and they ran it back with this group plus Romanov. It might be a different result, right? So maybe just this system isn't working for this group because, you know, the system trots had in place was uh, or, or catered a little bit to the older, slower player. Whereas this one is asking them to be younger, faster players, which a lot of them on the roster just aren't that. So again, there are factors here that we just won't know because of the fact that the, the pure fact that there's a new coach behind the bench. So again, hindsight's 2020, it's easy to say, well, look, we told you so like last year was the downfall, but again, very different styles. You're getting a better Sorokin, um, there are still some injuries coming into effect this year, but the the crux of it is it dates even before last season, right? The problem for the Islanders has always been and always has been, uh, even even dating back to the conference championship days. They need scoring. They need a bona fide score. And I was listening to again. I'm going to reference them every time because I just listen to them religiously. Our friends Friedman and Marek, who 
you know, rightfully said this week, this very week, they just need a guy who can go on the ice and, and score at the flick of a wrist because they work so hard to score a goal that by the end, even if they if they do score that goal, they're drained after they score. Like the celebration is not nearly as excited as some other teams after they score a goal because they worked so hard to score that goal. And that now, might be why after the well, first period against Toronto, you, you can't sustain that. This group can't sustain that, whatever that level and, is, throughout the game. Or it takes a while to ramp up. So they're either able to start on time and have a great first period and not sustain it for the last two periods. Yeah. Turn it on in the third. So it's, and, it's seemingly one or the other. And that's a great point, too, because the follow-up to that from Marek or Friedman, I can't remember who it was, um, was that, you know, after they score that goal, well, why are they giving up so many goals right away after they score? Because they're still drained from scoring that goal. And now they've given up a goal a minute later, and they're not just physically drained, they're emotionally drained now. It's like, shit, you know, we have to climb up, climb another hill again. Like, here we go. You know, so it's just they don't they they work too hard to score these goals, and I know that 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 might sound insane because they're they're trying to score at the NHL level, the highest level there is. But well, there's a work just, harder, not smarter. But you know, they're working harder, not smarter, yeah. and it should be the inverse. But the thing is, at the NHL level, there are also these these players that teams have that don't have to work as hard to score a goal because their natural shooting ability is just that good, and and the player that Marek referenced over and over again was not the current state of this player, but prime Phil Kessel could just step on the ice and, and score a goal at will, no matter where he was. Right. And there, they weren't saying that they should acquire this guy or, or I shouldn't say that, that they weren't saying they should, shouldn't acquire this guy. They were just saying players such as a Patrick line are the kind of guy one dimensional. Sure. But he's the one dimension the Islanders don't have, and he scores. He scores goals, and that's just the the crux of of his game is scoring goals. And the Islanders don't do that, so he would be a perfect fit. Now that was just a, a spitballing thing, and he's not saying it's a you know, for instance, Islanders, it's not uh, it's, right. anything serious, right? So, um, you know, the fact of the matter is that the Islanders need that player whoever that player is even if it is Patrick Laine it's an interesting case what's going to happen with him in Columbus he's not afraid of short-term contracts he signed them over and over again he will I think be an RFA still at the, I I don't know I don't know his deal right now but I know he's it's expiring young. like it's crazy he is he is still young he he his contract ex- expires either this summer or next summer I believe I'm not exactly sure but Columbus has their own issues maybe they need to I don't know move on and maybe maybe that's something Lamorello can can hopefully try and figure out bottom line is they need a guy like that, a guy who can just go stand somewhere in the offensive zone and score from wherever he is. Cause he has that ability. The Islanders don't have that. I'm sure we'll touch on that a, a, a little bit later. Cause we, we tend, I mean, that's, that's where the conversation is going to be until it happens or the trade deadline passes and it doesn't happen. And then we push that conversation of the summer uh, with that and any other changes but just to bring it back to that initial question, I think it's interesting, and I think your points are well made as far as uh, the system not fitting the team and, and so on and so forth. The way that I'm seeing it is that it doesn't matter what the system is with this group. It it It's running out. Whatever their energy level is, whatever their... Um, it, they were getting too tired to do the defensive game. They're too slow to play the offensive game. Um there's really just like a lack. I could keep saying this over and over. I'm a broken record. There's just that that lack of focus. I'm really truly worried about the leadership of the group. I, I've given a pass to, although I've been hard on you know Lee and the assistant captains and so forth. But you know, I've said for a long time, like, oh, trading trading Nelson's not a good idea. Or trading Lee is not a good. Like, I don't think you can, frankly. Maybe Lee over. Oh, I'm sorry, Nelson over Lee. But. I, I've said for a long time, all oh, their future third liners, that's going to be great depth in the future and leadership. And they deserve to, you know, play their careers as, as New York Islanders. And if they do win a cup at some point, they, they deserve that cup just as much as anybody else. I, I'm starting to go away from that. And that makes me think that it's more than a retool that they need to, to do. Cause I don't know what that window is anymore. Like I, it's very unclear to me what the future of the, of the team is. And that that's a question we're going to get to 
in a second, but I know you want to get to some Lou Lamarillo quotes from his. Um, yeah, the, the one the one thing I want to just finish this this little segment up with, though, is that, you know, from what I'm listening to from insiders around the league, and this isn't trade talk, this is what they think the Islanders should do talk, you know, Saravali, Friedman, Marek, they've all said the same thing, right? There's no help coming in the pipeline. They're a few seasons removed from those runs that probably aren't going to happen again with this group. They can retool, not rebuild. They can retool this roster. They have to pour all of their assets into finding a goal scorer. And there are going to be ones available. Lou just has to figure out a way to do that. Now, good transition into what he said today. So I wanted to share this, this quick clip because uh, our friend Kevin Kurz of The Athletic um, did ask Lamorello about, you know, what he thinks this team needs as far as um, or, or if they have proven that, you know, the Islanders are deserved of a, a, an offseason acqui- or I'm sorry, a trade deadline acquisition. And these were his words. The, the perception, I think, from the outside is that this team is in a position or, or- or should be in a position to win right now. And, and you know, for a long time, I think most people have figured that means you would try to add at some point. Does this team need to show you a little bit more before you decide that you might need to add to the roster and to, and rather than perhaps sell at the deadline? No, I, I think that uh, if we can make ourselves better, uh, whether it had been yesterday or the day before or today or tomorrow, we will definitely do that. Uh, it's at what the price you have to pay to add, and you have to make sure that whatever you add is not subtracting. And I think if you look throughout the National Hockey League, you know, you see the exact same thing. Uh, There's no excuses because it's on me, totally on me. That's my responsibility to make us the best we possibly can, to make whatever changes we can. That's not on the coaching staff, that's not on the players, and I take that responsibility. Uh, And it's making it happen. And... the, there's a lot of reasons why sometimes you can and you can't, and those are decisions you have to make. But I take full responsibility for whatever changes are or are not made. Is there more? So right away, I'm you know obviously intrigued by the fact that he took full responsibility. Like he doesn't often or ever say something like that. Like I've never heard Lamorello claim that the, the results happening on the ice right now are his fault. Maybe I've just never heard it, but I don't think it's happened at least in in a long while. Now, the other thing I, I hear is, so it's good that he noted that. It's good that he knows that what's happening on the ice is because he hasn't done anything to improve the roster. Um, the other thing that I am skeptical of now that I've heard it again is that he said, well, if we can improve, we will. We've heard that before, right? If we can, we will. Okay, but you said that already and you didn't and you had opportunities to because we saw the asking prices for a couple of these players, right? Alex DeBrinkett got traded for a first round pick, a second round pick and a third round pick. The Islanders could have matched that. And if it, if it would have taken an extra, I don't know, throw a prospect in there to, to intrigue Ottawa that much more to get an Alex DeBrinkett, you could have done it. If it would have taken for Kevin Fiala, a prospect in a first round pick, you could have done it. I don't know. Like he says, like if we could improve, we will. And I, I understand he said, you know, we have to make sure that we're adding without subtracting more than we're adding. I heard it. I heard it. But yeah, that's exactly what he said. Yeah, that, that's exactly what he said last year. And I think at this point, I don't know what you would be subtract. You know, outside of a a few players, Sorokin, Pelik, Pulak. Dobson, um, Barzell, I, I honestly, everybody else, you know, and I, save for like Ratu and maybe some prospects, I, I don't really know what that would mean as far as subtracting. That's more of like a future subtraction, if that makes any sense. But outside of those types of players, I don't know that you're subtracting anything. You can figure it out. Like if you're gonna add right. a winger next to Barzell, 
move up the move up the centers. Have Sezikis play C3, Ratu can stay at four, Pajot can be at two, and then you have a, a true first line. Barzell can still stay at center. And you can if you you know that's uh you traded Nelson. I don't think that's actually what you'd be able to do. But like that's my point is I don't know what he means by that. Because unless he means, oh yeah, they're asking for Dobson for Bo Horvat. Well, yeah, that's probably a non-starter. That makes a whole lot of sense. The Rangers wouldn't trade um, Adam Fox or Keandre Miller for, I don't even know, make, make, make up a player, you know, like not Connor McDavid, but like, uh, who's a 30, David, 40 David Pasternak. Pasternak. I don't think they would do that. I don't think the Islanders should do that either, right? Like, so I don't know. I don't really know what he means by we don't want to add. Like we don't want to add if it means that we have to subtract. That's a trade, dude. Like that's what say, that is. It it sounds like he's waiting or trying to make the perfect trade happen for him, right? It, it's one of those things where he's like he wants it to be lopsided in his favor, but that's just not how these GMs aren't stupid, and, and they're not gonna just give you something for you know the hell of it. Now, you know. The Islanders have been linked to guys like Timo Meyer, right? Obviously, AGM of the Sharks, Tim Burke, was at you know UBS Arena. That's not by accident. Well, guess what? I spoke to Tim Burke last night at the Prudential Center because he was scouting the New Jersey Devils. And the Devils, I, I hate to tell you this, have deeper pockets than the Islanders. They can afford to fork over more for Timo Meyer. Do they have the appetite to? That's up to Tom Fitzgerald. But the Islanders almost have no choice, right? They have to give up whatever they can to get a guy like that. However, their most is second best to whatever a third or fourth tier package from the New Jersey Devils will be. So they're stuck in this precarious predicament right now where even though they'll, they'll, they're, they might be ready to fork something over, other teams around them, in especially in the East, have deeper pockets, and they're ready to pull the trigger. I think that's a big difference too. It's yeah, Lamarill is like trying to be a shark out there, and other teams are a little being a little more agile. Um, yes, they might have they might have deeper pockets. I think that's fine. They're also probably looking to make multiple moves. The Islanders need to make a single move. They don't need two twenty five goal scorers. They really don't. That's that's not necessarily right. going to move the needle. They have Lee, Nelson, Palmieri, arguably Parise to a certain degree. Like they they have the scorers, uh, the secondary scoring. You can even add in uh, Bavillier to some degree. Like you know, I got secondary scoring, tertiary scoring. They can put the puck in the net. That's they they have that. That's the, the Islanders aren't trying to add depth here. They're loaded with depth. To the point where it's not working anymore. It's it's not even, you know, we joked, I think, in years past, they had three second lines. They're all acting kind of like third lines now. They all kind of look the same. And they're, they're like you said earlier, they're working awful hard. And it's hard to have those results every single shift. I'm I'm far from a professional player myself. But when I play, it's it's even hard to do it then. It's a, you know it's obviously at like a very dumbed down level and just watered down and terrible. But you can't go out there every single shift. Even at, you know professional athletes, like I don't expect them to be able to to kind of have the their foot on the gas the entire game. There are some parts of the game where you have to play smarter, but they don't have that either, and that's really hard. Like if if you, you if you have to have your game ebb and flow, you, then you got to be able to play smart. And we super saw them not do that last game. Now here here's the next thing that I wanted to to bring up to you because later in that conference with Lamorello, um, you know, someone asked him about the prospects that have been called up. Of note to you, who has been, uh, you know doing well in your eyes for you know of the the Ratus, the Holmstroms, the the Bull Dukes, the the 
the uh, Wolderspoons, and he didn't name anyone specifically, but he did give a lot of credit to them as a whole. He said, we've asked them to come up and, and you know, whatever position that they've been put in, they have done well, right? And I, I don't think that he's talking about William DeFore, but um, I did see something earlier today that he and Lamorello spoke, and Lamorello was, um, you know, had some had some high praise for him. But, um, you know, the, the thing is, the Islanders are showing that they have a little bit more depth than even we initially thought at the beginning of this season in these prospects. Now, my question is, they do they have the ability to now take these guys like a Bull Duke or even a, a Wolderspoon, who, in my opinion, has been a pleasant surprise and say, well, you know what? The Toronto Maple Leafs are willing to pay us a first round pick for Scott Mayfield. Okay. It's time. That's I just my take. Aturatu just I, I dressed for his right. first 10th. Aturatu just dressed for his 10th game. He's burning a year of his contract. No reason he shouldn't stay with the Islanders for the rest of the year now. Now they have a fifth center in the fold. They have the flexibility at this point to do something. Yeah, I, I think I don't think you're trading any the other centers, which is a little bit of the problem. So like Pajot probably doesn't have a ton of value. Someone just wrote about him too, that he's kind of like fallen off and um at the time and for two or three seasons he, he was really good, but it was it kind of just fell off there. I don't know about just Lee Ratu up because Sezikis is only on that first line because they need a winger to skate with Barzell and that has that speed and, and the tenacity. So I'm not entirely sure that that's, that's right at the moment, but it's, it's difficult. Like I said, I don't even know what it means to not subtract. If you're going to add, like they, they need to make some significant changes on this roster for them to be able to move forward. Nassim and Hockey is brought to you by DraftKings. Four NFL teams, two conference championship games, and only a few more shots to win big on the playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Counting down to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Not a new customer? You can still feel the conference championship thrills with stepped-up same-game parlays. Take your shot at an even bigger NFL payout and boost your winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. Joe Burrow and the Bengals are finally looking like a lock to get to the NFL championship, so why not bet on Cincinnati? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. New customers can bet $5 on the conference championships and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So James, for the the team to move forward, you know, we're talking about potential trades and really just the internal pieces there um, on, the, on the first half of the show or near the first, the, the middle of the show rather. Um, moving players around, how can, how can we make it work? What does subtraction mean if you're going to add? Where does the team go from here? Do based on the packages that you're seeing, even if they're just kind of like insidery rumor stuff, what are the Timo Myers, even the Patrick Canes and or the Tarasenko's, the, the last two of which I'm not personally interested in uh, in becoming Islanders because of their age. Kane maybe has a little bit longer shelf life. I'm not entirely sure on Tarasenko, he could just hit a wall, but yeah, far be it for me to really know what his career trajectory is because he's still playing pretty well. Um, of the players that you think and and go out on a limb to, to some degree, I mean, there's like Bo Horvat is is available. I don't think he's been available. The Canucks have not made him available uh, to talk to other GMs for extensions, which is, as we know, a, a big Lamarello hang up, which could be the hang up with pretty much anybody. Um, he he wants to make a specific deal and he he cuts himself off at the knees when he has you know very specific ideas in, in mind whether it's his last year or not i know we talked about that on the last episode um the future of the islanders i i, I think he's starting like he means to continue kind of thing and whether he's here next year or not he's he's acting as if he's going to be and i that's probably right i mean i don't think 
he's trying to save his job, but I'll let you answer the question, but before I rant for 10 minutes, uh, where does, where does the team go from here? It's a good question. And, you know, he, he did end the conference off today by saying you, you look at both the now and the future when trying to improve your team. So he does claim to have that knowledge in the back of his mind of like, I'm not trying to make a move that's going to save us right now. It's going to be a good move for now and for tomorrow, which I think is the right mentality to have. So you hope that it is something that he does do. I think that eliminates the idea of Vladimir Tarasenko because he's 31, he's injury prone um, and he's due for a contract. And how much older do you want this team to get? I don't know that it's the right idea to, to trade for him and sign him long-term. Now, if it is just a, a desperation move to get the season back on track and you could get Tarasenko on the cheap because he's walking into UFA. Sure. You do it right for the, for the couple of months, but long-term, you know, if, if that's what you're thinking, like, Look, this might be controversial. Maybe you're going to hate it, but you put all your chips on the table for a guy like Timo Meyer. Like that's the move, in my opinion, because he's 26. Um, all of the the advanced analytics plus the eye test suggest that he's a difference maker, right? He's just fantastic. He's worth every penny. A lot of people are worried about the 10 million dollar qualifying offer. I'll tell you that he's not going to sign a deal worth 10 million dollars with anybody. It's probably going to be somewhere in the eight and a half nine range which is fine because look at the teams around the league who have these players. They're paying them that money. So if you want a guy like that, you're going to have to pay up. It's probably going to take, it's definitely going to take the first round pick. It's probably going to take Oliver Wallstrom and maybe it's going to take William DeFore. You friggin' do it. You have no choice at this point. You could afford to move William DeFore because his ceiling, in my opinion, he'll I, I, ha- I have hopes that he'll be an NHLer, but his ceiling is like a third liner. And, you know, I, I'd be surprised if he was a 30-goal scorer. I could see him scoring 20, which is good. That's a good player. But how long how, how long he can do that for, how long he can sustain that success, how quickly he can get there, I don't even know. Timo Meyer's on, on track for 45 goals on a bottom five team. He not only plays well on his own end and scores in different ways, he can shoot the puck, and he's that kind of guy who we mentioned earlier with the flick of a wrist and change a game, but he also drives the net. He also scores in close, um, and he's also really good in his own end, you know, in all three zones. So he's the kind of guy that you you break the bank for. And that kind of move, a 26-year-old who can grow with Barzell beyond his line and and can – knock everyone on the depth chart down a notch. And now everyone kind of is in the place that they're supposed to be. Maybe. It just changes I, I the whole still, dynamic. Yeah, I, I I don't disagree. And I think the you make the room for that contract, right? Like if you have to um, attach picks for a Bailey or... I mean, yeah, you, you attach Here's a pick for a Bailey or... Yeah, I, like what do you do with Anthony Bavillier, right? That's four point one, and it's only for, and through next year. But if you're gonna make that trade for Timo, you need to do that sooner than later. And then you know, yeah, maybe Parise comes off the books. He's still playing well. I frankly keep him around. Um, we were gonna talk about this later. Like I honestly think Clutterbuck's done for his own sake. This is not a numbers thing. For his own health and safety and his family and like having a regular life. Yeah. He's had right. a rough go. You know, like I, I don't want to see him not I, I don't I don't know. We see a lot of like the tougher players go down and they're in really rough shape when they get like, don't do it, dude. Just back injuries and who knows what he's going through this year and surgeries. Yikes. I, I'm I'm Upset. I don't really know how to feel about it because he's been with the Islanders and he deserves just like anybody else. You know, he was a big driving force behind this team being who they were. Um, having said that, you know, getting his close to $2 million off the books would be something. Um, Rot, who's on a really nice deal. Um, like, I, but I, but I think it's still Bailey and Bavillier holding the team back from ultimately doing that. Every forward save for Parise's on the books through next, you know, for next season. It's the season after that where 
Bavillier and, and Bailey are done. That might make it easier to move them at the draft or at the deadline, right? There's even if the honors are going to go for it, I I think you do it. Like I think you find a way, even right. if it's to a contender in the West that that needs. God, a Bavillier would stink, but if you can get assets for him and flip it for Timo and get him signed, I where where do I sign? Where, right. where so do the, I the, do it? The thought process for me is there's two avenues. One, you don't have to wait for the summer. You can get ahead of this now. Even though, even if you you know you're going into the trade deadline as a seller, right? As a as with with the mentality of we're not going to make the playoffs. We need to fix this team in the summer. However, the trade deadline's coming up, and the Sharks are looking to move this guy. And you know, Mike Greer might be granting other teams the ability to talk to him and get an extension done before the trade. That's a I have to act now kind of move because he's the perfect kind of player. So. What can I do to make that happen now? Now, if that doesn't happen, right? Let's say Timo Meyer uh, goes to another team because the Sharks just quite frankly like their offer better. Because let's face it, other teams have that ability that the Islanders don't have to offer something better. Um, you go into the summer after the trade deadline that that's coming up with a plethora of assets because at this trade deadline Lamarello should be moving Scott Mayfield he should be moving Semyon Varlamov he should be moving Zach Parise right believe it or not in this bloated market that is the NHL these days Zach Parise can get a second round pick I'm convinced Zach Parise can get a second round pick from a, another team and that doesn't I'm mean convinced. you don't sign him in the offseason that doesn't mean you don't Correct. bring him back either Correct. And you can say that about any of the players. I'm convinced Scott Mayfield at least nets the Islanders a first-round pick. I'm convinced that Semyon Varlamov gets the Islanders at least a first-round pick. Could you imagine going into this summer with three first-round picks, two second-round picks, and whatever else might be thrown into those deals? You're talking three first-round picks in the what's been, been called the best draft since... I don't know. Connor McDavid was brought into the league. You got to do it. Like, and and now you're sitting there and you're saying, okay, one of two things is going to happen. I can use these draft picks to trade and get somebody significant, or I'm drafting some of the best players that are being said to come out of this draft, and I'm setting us up well for the future. And the, the crazy thing here is too. You can still do both. That's secret option C. I have three first round draft picks, ours, uh, X team and Y team. I could use two of them, package them for something crazy. I don't know, friggin' David Posternock. The, the the Bruins and 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 Dave and Dave Posternock had a fallout. He's gonna be available. I'm is gonna it, trade the two. Did, did that? Actually no, no, no. Happen? That's 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 me spitballing. Spitballing. Oh, okay. Don't it's do not, that. That's not a real thing. I, I I wasn't on Twitter like for two days. So, like, <laughs> I don't know no, no, no. Hypothetical. Right. Oh, they had a fallout. Let's. David Posnock's available. Here's two first round picks, Boston. I'm gonna take David Posnock and I'm gonna sign him to whatever the hell he wants. Right. And, and even if it's not that extreme, let's just say it's Nikolai Ehlers from from the the Winnipeg Jets. Here's two first round picks. Thank you for Nikolai Ehlers. That's house money. That you just sent them because you got you got the, the two first round picks and you could still have your own or one of the other picks if you want to keep the higher one, whatever. And you're you're now adding to the prospect pool. The the these are this is the approach that that has to happen. Either you go all in and get the player, even if you know you're not going to make the playoffs, you still get the player to set yourself up, or you move the expiring contracts because those three players that that I said in Mayfield, Volamov, and Parise are worth something heading into the trade deadline. Any team would be happy to take them. They'll fork over those valuable assets that you can use at the draft. Yeah. The, so I want to, I have some leading content into my next question. The Islanders are currently um, there. I hate the wild card view. It does not show you anything. Um, so maybe they're, they're in 11th place in the East behind Florida, Buffalo, Washington in that in that order. Uh, Washington occupies the last spot with 56 points. 
The Islanders have 51. Florida has 52. Buffalo has 53. The Islanders have played 49 games. Uh, Washington, 50, but Buffalo, 47. Uh, and Pittsburgh, with 56 points, also, also has 47 games played. So that's not in their favor. Having said that, what's the point where the season can no longer be salvaged and one of your scenarios actually kicks in? Because that's where I'm curious, right? I don't even think, you know, and we're recording tonight, the game, the puck just dropped a, a few minutes ago. This week's podcast wasn't going to be about the Ottawa game anyway. If they blow Ottawa out, it means nothing, right? There's There's a lot that needs to happen for the season to turn around. It's not even three wins out of four, right? Like you're, you're talking about seven, eight wins out of 10, um, nine wins out of 11 games. Like you're, you're talking about and beating the right teams, being the teams in front of you that you're battling in these spots, right? The upcoming games that they still have left against Washington are super important. Any games against you know, the teams in front of them that they can, that they can salvage. They recently lost games against, um, Pittsburgh, Florida, and Buffalo, and Washington, right? So they, they've kind of put themselves in this place. Um, the trade deadline is in March, early March? March 3rd. March 3rd. When, at, at what point is the season no longer salvageable? I, I would say... You know, we have to, we'd have to reflect on that at the end of this month, right? They've, uh, I shouldn't say the end, after the all star break, the first week of the all star break. Let's, let's, let's look there, right? Because they have Ottawa tonight, Detroit Friday. These are two games the Islanders should win. They have Vegas on Saturday in a back to back, right? That's going to be a tough one for them. Then the all star break, they come back, they see Philly. That's a game the Islanders should win. We're talking, and, and then the rest of the week, they have Seattle, tough one. Vancouver, they should win, although the new coach effect might kick in for them and they might go on a bit of a run here. Montreal the following Saturday. Ottawa the following Tuesday. Then they hit Pittsburgh, Boston, it gets a little tougher. They need to win in their next one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. In their next eight games, they need to win six of them. That's asking a lot of a team who's just lost nine or or is it 11 of their last or 10 of their last 12? They've won two games this month. Yeah, so 10 I don't of their care last what 12. the rest of them are. That tells you it's ridiculous. So they need to win six of their next eight in order for Lamorello to and and this is this is my my thinking. In order for Lamorello to turn around and say the season's not lost, they need to win six of their next eight. If they can beat the teams they're supposed to beat, and and at least play meaningful games against the uh, the Seattle's and and the and the Vegases, that's enough. That should be enough for Lamorello to turn around and say, "Okay, this team needs help against the 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 Brutes. Let me help them." They beat who they're supposed to. They hung in but lost with the Brutes. Let's help them. I'm gonna go get Timo Meyer. That's how I see it. If if by uh, what's the date? If by the 17th of February, this team has lost, uh, which which I think is completely possible, uh, five or six of their of their next eight. That's it. See you Mayfield. See you Verlamov. See you Parise. Thank you for your services. Maybe you can come back in the summer. That's up to you. We'll talk. But I need assets because I need to fix this for next year. And quite frankly, I have, you know, thoughts on whether I think it's going to be him or not. I don't think it will be. But that's how I see it playing out. I think you I think they have until the 17th of February because after that, the schedule, forget it. Pittsburgh, Boston, Pittsburgh, Winnipeg, LA, Winnipeg, Minnesota, all playoff teams. All playoff teams. And then they get to March. And the deadline is swiftly approaching at that point. So March 17th is there. Actually, it's it's 
I'm sorry. It's February 15th. February 15th is the day because if a, after after the 14th, they would have completed that, those eight games I spoke about. They'll know where they're at heading into the 17th against Pittsburgh, right? The 15th and the 16th is what I'm looking at to say, Lou should know by then this team needs help. And he should know we can get somebody and go on a, on a little bit of a run here with, with a little bit of a boost. By February 15th and 16th, a direction needs to be established. I I could believe that. I think that's actually a little late. But, you know, given okay. the all-star break, um, that's only a few weeks for the trade deadline. And I, and I guess that doesn't mean that Lamarillo is on the phones between now and then or hasn't already been. And he's just not getting the types of deals that he wants to make. And to a degree, that's that's entirely fair. Um, I don't I'm not entirely sure what that what that date is. I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. I can deal with the 17th um of february that is um it might be that next the next time they play ottawa i don't know that that one game against uh, pittsburgh is going to make all the difference um but by the by the time we record an episode that week presumably the 15th um of of that week uh or the 15th exactly on that wednesday we should know um but either way i think that week to your point they go and they play Pittsburgh, going into that game, if you have players sitting or anything like that, I wouldn't be surprised. If they're looking to be traded or other players are called up or how, you know who's healthy scratched and this and that, um, I, I, they might be trying to make those deals as, as early as possible to try to get you know get ahead of the, ahead of the game. So I, I could believe it. Sometime that week is, um, is that it feels late. I think the All-Star break really kind of, uh, changes the outlook of of February just a little bit, right? Um, yeah, it, that's they're, rough. They're not it's, playing, it's, it's not a lot of games. The whole first week, that's the thing. Like, they're right. The, the the it's there's three games, including tonight before the All Star break, and then it's one, two, it's it's five it's exactly games post All Star game that they have to make this decision. So in total, eight. Yeah, I would. I don't see them winning six games. I think they need to win seven, frankly, but like, I don't see them winning five. So yeah, like, I, agree. I, I don't. And unfortunately, none of the teams that they're playing between now and then are the teams in front of them. So you're you're kind of at the whim of what they're doing as well, because if they play just as well and the honors put themselves in this position, but if any of those teams are playing well, it doesn't really matter what you do. You're you're right. kind of just being in that mushy tenth place that doesn't really mean anything or eleventh place, whatever whatever I said it was. Um, you know, fifth. God, it's I hate the wild card view. You kind of have to go back and forth. Eleventh uh, in the conference, whatever it is. Um, you know, multiple points behind, and without games in hand, they have games in hand on you. It's it's kind of rough, especially with. A lot of the same issues keep happening. Um, they got beat real bad the other night against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, Sorokin couldn't save them. Toronto just, after the second period started, they they they, they didn't even claw their way back. They, it was it was just, honest kind of just gave it to them. They just kind of right. handed it over. And that's after a really good first period where I, I felt pretty good about that team that in, in the Islanders. Um you know, That's we, the thing, though. That's the thing. The first periods haven't been the problem. It's been sustaining it. It's been having that instinct to pounce and, and to continue that that upward direction that they're that they're trending in. But again, it, it boils back down to what we mentioned earlier in the show that they're working so hard to score these goals that they're friggin' drained. Yeah, and that's why they can't sustain it. And it's a reversal of, of the beginning of the season, a huge reversal. So it's, and they, the starts haven't even been that good, but like they're just so much better than what they've been. Like, you know, Toronto aside, like, but they've had some pretty good starts. Um, a lot of games they're okay. It's just in comparison to the rest of the game, it looks amazing. So, right. again, especially against Toronto, that drop off was significant. 
And, you know, you did see Pellick back in the lineup. We do have Palmieri back in the lineup. Ratu is back. Um, Holmstrom is also back. And he had a great goal. What game was that? Uh, a couple nights ago. Is that Carolina? A little bit of a toe drag move, or maybe it was Buffalo. Um, Holmstrom, you're was... talking about? Holmstrom. Yeah, that, yeah, a very nice toe drag. Um, Carolina. That was an amazing Carolina. ball. Was that his, it was second or third of the season. Um no, he's played quite a bit, but I think he's, you know, in that on that line next to Ratu with Martin, which is interesting. Um, I don't think they have much of a choice there, but you know, I like the kids playing with each other. I don't know that they've been very effective, but get him the experience, get him a few minutes in in the show, and and get him on the NHL roster. It's not going to hurt. They're not a liability. They're not playing enough to be a liability, and so that's good enough for me. Just you're you're going out there. To, to get your cup of coffee with, with in the NHL on NHL ice and uh, don't let any goals. You're you're there to get experience and and let some other players rest for a second. I think that's perfectly fine. Um, and they've done a pretty good job. I don't think, um, you know, I think we have high expectations for Ratu, but I don't think he's going to be setting the world on fire. So, you know, at, at temper your expectations. He's a good feature piece if he's even still around. And that's tough to consider given the depth after... Ratu Bolduc, uh Dufour, and Holmstrom? Question mark. I'm not sure. I, the Bolduc's looks looked good. Um, Wallerspoon also looked good. I'm not entirely sure why they called up Bolduc and sent down uh, Chalowski because he looked really good. Like he was not the reason. And talk about a player that could you could leverage for a second or a third round pick. Play him for a few games. Show, like you played him for a game or two games, and you and you just I, I do. Back down. Like I don't understand. Like they're yo-yoing players here. I get it. Give Bulldog a chance. Like I don't. I don't know. He's having a. He, he's he was an AHL All Star. Keep him there. Let him just well, ride the season out. Like Wallerspoon. I do was wonder. Fine, but Chalosky was great. Like he I, I agree. I agree. But I do wonder if there's a bit of showcasing going on here. Yeah, like here's up. a here's our no no, no for Bull Duke. Here's our AHL All-Star, our former second round pick, two-time AHL All-Star. Take a look at this kid. He's and he looks real good. I'm a, I'm a, I know it's been three periods that I've watched him play, but he, he played real well. You know, he looked po- he did not look out of place. He looked poised, he moved the puck well, he defended well. I liked his board play. Like I, I think that he is gonna be a player in this league. And whether or not the Islanders should trade a guy like that. Um, if they have that luxury, I don't know. But if it gets you a Timo Meyer, you do it. Yeah, that's that's fair. Given that you you do have Wallerspoon, you, now you do have Aho. Maybe you keep Chalosky around in the future. So maybe I'm thinking about showcasing the wrong player here, um, given that Bulldog's a little bit younger. That's fine. I I don't. I don't mind that if that's if it avoids you having to give up Dufour or Ratu and instead you're giving up a defensive piece and they have a lot more depth and, and some younger guys there. Right. Even if you give up Mayfield, that, you know, again, I, I kind of let that happen and, and, and see see where it lands. You, you know, I guess you can figure it out. Um, well, and that's what I that's why I think this revolving door of of debuts and, and prospects coming up is happening so much on the blue line. They that's their position of strength to trade from. You know, the w- Wolderspoon came up and it was like, okay, he fits. You know, and it's not just like, oh, he he fits, he's good enough to get the job done. It's like, okay, he's actually he could he could stick around. Um Chalosky, they 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 know what they have in him, I think, right? He you said he played real well. I agree, but he's been around the league for a little while. They know he can hang to some degree. Teams have seen him and know his game a little bit already. He came up. He helped out a little bit. Okay, now let's see what we have in in Bolduc. Is he going to stay with us? Do we showcase him for other teams? Or are we seeing what he can do for us and saying, okay, listen, Scott, thank you for your services. We're going to get some assets here for you. Like there's a lot of avenues here with with showcasing and, and seeing what they have in these players, either for themselves or for trade. Um, and that's why I think there's so much turnover on the blue line right now. I think that's a pretty good point. It, it could be any one of them. It depends on which what team is interested in what. 
could be Chalosky, it could be Bull Duke, it could be Wellerspoon. Um, I happen to think it's gonna probably gonna be a Bull Duke or something like that. Um, Chalosky just as depth, but that means you're gonna get a lower pick for him. So I don't know that that's 100% what Donners want. If you're gonna package a first and Bull Duke for a forward plus whatever plus whatever, if that's where it comes down to, yeah, you, you need that's the type of player that you need to give up if it's not going to be a forward. Um, and the other team's looking for defensive prospect depth. Then that's essentially what you what you need to do. Uh, and I'm clicking around for a second because I wanted to bring up um, Palmieri's return, and I wanted to double check. It looks like it was the Toronto game, and yeah. actually that was like a night or two ago. And I'm like completely blanking on it, but he looked good. He yeah. was he was real hungry. That he he had a lot of chances. That game could have been way more in the Islanders' favor, and that may have been able to be enough to get them through the rest of the game. Samsonov made some really good saves. Um, he made a couple great passes, too. Um, that little spin move pass uh, out of the zone that led to a goal. I forget who that was, but um, maybe Nylander. I, I can't remember. Um, but Palmieri looked good. I, I forgot. You know, you, you kind of think of him from last season where he was snake-bitten. He does catch on at the end of the season and um, had an okay start this year. You just kind of forget who he is a little bit because he's just been in and out for a long time. But he looked good, and that's the type of like middle six player that you can trade upon. Uh, you can trade a Bavillier and or a Bailey, knowing that you have a guy like that. Um, is is he older? Yes, but he can still play in a third line, and he's still going to be really good. I really liked him when he was with uh, Paris and Peugeot. That P three line was was great, and. Yeah. That's the depth I'm okay with, and he's good on the second line. I believe he's on the second line tonight against Ottawa. I think that's great. Um, Pellick looked no worse for wear, thank God. He looked fine. Um, it's so bad. I, I I have such hope for the team still somehow. Like, I know they're good. I hate looking at this Again. roster and, and thinking it sucks, and it's not working, and I'm mad at the leadership, and... It's the coaches aren't working either, and the GM, what the hell? And they need to add players, but maybe Bailey's the only one. And on, I've I've had mixed feelings about him. Um, Bavillier's just been a massive disappointment. But everybody else, I'm like pulling for them. Like I want them to do it on their own. I don't want like. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's so aggravating. The reason why you have hope for this team is because we can read between the lines right now a little bit. Right, like I said, Bolduc has been recalled, and they're showcasing him a little bit. That point has been proven even a little further right now as we speak, because who's quarterbacking power play number one at this very moment? Samuel Bolduc. What do they have in this kid? They think they have something, and whether that's for them or for another team, they're showcasing right now. And I think that's why you have a little bit of hope for them. And and I don't I don't think that's that's unjustified. I think that again. I, and I've been saying this, the, the right supporting cast is there. The right pieces that you need for a center fold are there. They're just missing one or two key components. And, and that starts with goal scoring and ends it with goal scoring too. It starts and ends with goal scoring. They have this, the franchise the franchise center in Matthew Barzell. They have the franchise goaltender in Ilya Sorokin. They have the supporting cast. Brock Nelson's an excellent supporting cast as a second line center. Anders Lee is a perfectly fine second liner. Um, you know, Al Palmieri being on the third line, if they acquire a right winger is perfect. Pajot, perfect for support. They need top line guys. And that's why you two, essentially two top line wingers and a third line wing. And and the thing is too, that might be Wallstrom, but to be, you know, we'll, we can always see on that. You know, Barzell might not be able to do it on his own, elevate everyone on his line. But if you get two guys, that's going to elevate a third. And let's just say for argument's sake, somehow they they do get, um, you know, a, a Timo Meyer and don't end up actually having to trade an Anthony Bavillier and they, they can somehow keep him in the fold. I think that him on a line with Meyer and Barzell is just a really good trio. 
And I think that you'll see probably, I think you'll see a little bit of more, a little bit more out of, out of Anthony Pavilion, just based on the pure fact that he'll be playing in the offensive zone more. He'll have a bunch more chances. He'll be feeding a guy who in Timo Meyer, who just doesn't miss. Here's a statistic on Timo Meyer and why I'm banging that drum so hard. And I, and I've been banging this drum for a couple of years now, but David Pasternak is on pace for 394 shots. Timo Meyer is on pace for 375. Here's the full list of 375 plus shot players since the year 2005. Number one, Alex Ovechkin in 2008-2009. Number two, Alex Ovechkin in 2007-2008. Number three, Alex Ovechkin in 2005-2006. Four, five, six, seven, Alex Ovechkin. That's the list. This is the player you're getting in Timo Meyer if you acquire a guy like him. Yeah, it, it's got to be that level, and I th- and I think we'll just repeat that until it actually happens. It has to be that level of forward. Um, and then in the off season, you can you know you can always sign somebody else, and that's why like I think you I think you put Bailey and Bavillier out the pasture, and and you sign. I think you can get something for Bavillier, and maybe I'd love for them to figure out a player that they can swap with on another team that also needs a fresh start. With similar contracts, like another four million dollar player, I have it. And then it doesn't have to be a four million dollar player. Jacob Vrana, go get him for fifty percent off. Because I, I've looked into this a little bit. He's doing well in the A. His character issues off the ice are said to be behind him. Um, he is when he's playing at his at his best and it when he's on the ice when you know in, in his 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 sample size uh, before he you know went to the the player assistance program he's proven to be one of the better goal scorers in in the league his his goals per 60 he's like ridiculous he's like he might be the best in the NHL in in terms of goal per 60 which means if if you don't know what that means uh how often you score a goal versus your ice time right he might not be the best goal scorer in the league but he's the most efficient at doing it with his with his ice time He's really, really good at and it. I'm saying, like, you know, he could he could uh, need a, a change of scenery. I'm talking about a trade. Well, like that's Bavillier, what I'm saying. Bavillier for Verona is what you're saying. For for, for Verona at fifty percent off, because at worst you're getting another anti Bavillier. At best, you're getting a guy who can elevate his game to be a thirty goal scorer, which he he has been before. What's his? You know, how old is he, and what's his contract? He's got two years left at $5.25 million. He is, I believe, the same age as Anthony Bavillier, or maybe a year older. Yeah, he's 26 now that I'm now that I'm looking. I don't know if you necessarily go for that. Um, and he turns 27, it looks like. Addition, uh, of, this is in addition February. to a Timo Meyer. Could you imagine a, a line of Jacob Vrana, Matthew Barzell, and Timo Meyer? Holy shit. I, I think maybe. Miles maybe. of golds. It's it's possible. I don't know. I, I think you go for bigger fish like somebody else that again is I don't that could work. I don't know about anybody else. I don't have a really good example and I don't like just not thinking an idea is good without having a rebuttal to it. But in this case I think I'll go for it. Bavillier for somebody else. And, and just and do a and do a swap and, and see see if that works. I, there it's either that or just try to get his money off the books and, and bring in somebody else altogether. That might be, um, and you, the thing is, I think you need to do that at the trade deadline so teams feel like they're getting value for him, right? Bailey is gonna—I don't know what you do, Arizona or—I—I'm I, not really sure where where he could land. I'm not sure that anybody wants him necessarily. Um, I don't know what you would need to attach to him to make that happen, but with Bavillier, I think you just kind of you just collect as much of an asset as you can and and get the cap room. That's your addition. Um, to go, you know, use Lamarello's words, that's your addition, and then you have the room to really add something on the other side. They're not going to make the playoffs this year. I, I don't think... I think you make a move this year regardless. If you can make it, just get the player. Like you said, it doesn't doesn't really matter if you're going to make the playoffs or not. If you think you can make the team better for next year, do that, especially ahead of a deep draft and whatever. Do it now. You don't have to Here's wait for name. the draft to, to do that. Here's a name. Alex DeBrinkett. Expiring contract. Ottawa has yet to sign him. I think they're having a little bit of trouble getting that done. Alex DeBrinkett. 
He could if it's a it's a you know a sign and trade. What's his uh, cap now? Nine million. I mean, that's somebody that you can you can certainly. No, bring sorry, in. sorry. His salary is nine million. His cap hit is six point four. I mean, if you can, I don't know that you. I don't, that has nothing to do with Bavillier necessarily, but yeah, you can you can make that trade happen for sure. Um, it could, you could you could make a you could package something with Bavillier to get it to bring it in his in his in an expiring contract kind of situation there. Yeah, but you know that. it's a sign and trade, so like they and the other and Ottawa knows that. Lamorell is not operating under a place of strength there necessarily because other teams know and they have to because they're going to give him uh, the ability to do that. They're going to give him permission to do that. I'm not saying it's impossible, but yeah, it's Bavillier. It's a, that's that's quite a bit to to give up because it's going to be Bavillier prospect and a pick if they even want Bavillier. I think that's the biggest question about this is you don't really know what these other teams even need. Um, yeah, I, that's that's kind of the biggest. I think you need to look into what some of these other teams are interested in because Ottawa is also not making the playoffs. So they don't really have an incentive to keep Debrinkat. They have an, a, a, an incentive to get assets. I don't know that Bavillier for the Ottawa Senators makes a lot of sense. Well, I think I'm thinking from the perspective of, of Ottawa. So to bring it still 24, 25, uh, same, same age as, as Bavillier. I think they want to keep to bring it. You know, they're, they're a young team that's growing, but I think they're having trouble figuring out how Bavillier has another year on his deal. So I think they, they could figure that out for I'm him. I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's, it's a thought and it, it definitely is another name you can throw in the mix there. If it's just not going to work out for De Bruncat in Ottawa as far as the contract is concerned. Um yeah, that could be that could be something as well. It's I think that there are a lot of different options and you can concoct a million different trade scenarios. It's it really just comes down to whether or not uh Lamarell is willing to actually do it. Right. And then if he's gonna get permission. There, there's a lot of uh what ifs that ultimately lead to lead to the trades with Lamorello. So we're we're gonna have yeah. a long few weeks here, um, before the trade deadline to see if they can even tread water. I think that's even just not continuing to fall down the standings um, is is going to be something of a an achievement for the Islanders uh, through the the middle of next month. Um, before we wrap it up here, I think. Well, any last thoughts before we move on? Well, before we no, that, the show. that's that's really it. I just think you know, there's going to be a, or there's gonna, there's there's been and will continue to be an evaluation process in the next couple of weeks. Um, you know, I, I it, because it's Lamorello's last year of his deal. I think something will happen. Just not sure what that is yet. Because, like I said, I think I think February fifteenth is like that day, that date that they'll know what they need to do. And that's when they, I think things will, will begin to transpire. Um, we'll see. I mean, the countdown's on. It's really not that far away. And um, especially with the All-Star break and no games. Um, between now and next week, I'm, I'm hoping uh, to book a, a very cool guest. I'm not going to say who it is because I, I, I really hope they, they come on there. You know about it because I talked to you about it. You're looking at me like we, we haven't done it. Um, I'll tell you after we're after we oh, I remember after yeah. We, yeah after we hang up here um you know we had we had a good conversation I think that they'd be really good you, you definitely know who this person is so we'll see if that shakes out I'm sure they'll come on eventually I think we had it booked um tentatively for the next episode during the break but their schedule is kind of all over the place so we you know because uh just who they are and that'll make sense when <laughs> when you hear the name um and in the meantime before you know next episode hopefully we can get that on the books. I'm sure we'll make an announcement beforehand. Um, please rate, review, subscribe, wherever you listen to or watch the show. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Nassim Hockey. You can find James work at the fourth period. I'm going to start doing a few more blogs here and there for NHP. There might be some crossover with Isles fix. Um, definitely check out Isles fix in the meantime. Um, support all of your favorite Islander people. We saw what happens. They, some of this stuff, Luckily, Lighthouse is sticking around, but the stuff with SB Nation really sucks. Um, support Eyes, support the hockey writers where we both used to write. Um, 
all these people work really hard and they're not compensated and interact with them. Be positive. I know you think every single Islanders person is a moron that gets behind a microphone or behind a keyboard and, and whatever, like, but be, be positive. We're all on the same side. We're all trying to do the same thing. Um, you don't need to put every really mean thought on the internet um, or even think them at all, but we're all trying to work together here. We're all trying to create content. There's, I don't think there's ill will between anybody. Um, so make sure you're supporting everybody. It's even Bar Down Breakdown, who is an eye on their podcast, uh, kind of, but they do the music thing. And uh, Mikey does Isles Meetups, and you all know who Isles Meetups is and, and who Mikey is. So make sure you support them too, and a lot of good hardcore music and bands. And they do shows now. I don't know if you saw that. They do some pretty sick shows. Yeah, I um, did. So definitely make sure to check that out. I got to get down to a game in Carolina one of these uh one of these years so I can experience Isles meetups in uh, in all its glory and from, from where it started um, but uh, we'll, we'll figure that out in the future James bring us home until next time all let's go Lou figure it out get something <laughs> done <laughs>